The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Welcome, everyone. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd with Reverend Percy McRae. Percy is Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Percy, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you? I'm doing fine. You know what? Here we are in the middle of the holidays already. Can you believe it? It comes up quickly, my friend, and a lot goes with that. <laughs> Seems like it was just summertime. <laughs> it does. <laughs> well, with the holidays comes... Food, and right? lots of it and eating of food. Um, an abundance of food, yes. which leads to uh, weight gain. Yes, sir. And we're going to talk about nutrition uh, here today in the program. We are. We're going we're gonna to go back to the well of a very f- favorite and familiar voice uh, that gives us perspective. Carolyn Lammersfield, of course, who is the uh, integrative Vice President of Integrative Services at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, for over 20 years has been a licensed and registered nutritionist. And so she speaks to us and gives Gives us perspective, insight, and things that we can help uh, the faith community to understand with regard to the correlation between food, diet, uh, consumption of food, weight gain, and cancer. Because Carolyn has been with us in the past, and we know how good she is on the topic that she addresses so well, that we're going to give this an extended conversation time here today. We believe it's worthy of a, a little more time than normal, particularly given the fact that we're in the midst of the holiday season. We really want to make sure that we give people some good, thorough conversation that will motivate, inspire, and encourage individuals through this time of the year. Now, I know Carolyn, and I know she's going to give us lots of resources to tap into, but we have our own resources here in the program that we want to make sure our listeners take advantage of. Cancer-fighting recipes. Boy, this fits right in with our theme. You know, it's one of our earlier resources that we developed, Wayne, because we learned early on uh, when we really started focusing on the faith community to start talking about the impact of faith and spirituality and medicine and science and health and cancer, that one of the topics that always bubbled to the surface that the faith community was interested in hearing about was food, eating of food, preparing food, nutritional-related elements. And so we created this resource. It gives uh, a plethora of recipe recommendations that people can utilize and consider with regard to preparing and cooking foods for cancer patients and individuals in mind with regard to cancer treatment and support. Well, thanks for making this available to all of us. And our listeners can download this right now by going to healthhopeandinspiration.com. Look for Cancer Fighting Recipes. Uh, there are breakfast ideas, main dish ideas, side dish, even snacks Correct uh, are on here. So this is going to be very helpful to a lot of us. It is. Uh, who need some guidance. It is. And it covers the full gambit, uh, again, of our dietary kind of uh, how we approach eating with all of those different types of dishes. All right. Cancer fighting recipes at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Coming up, that conversation with Carolyn. But if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. 
Percy, uh, before we uh, hear from Carolyn, do you have a verse of scripture you have in mind as our theme here today? Yes, sir. As normal, our spiritual nugget for today and the foundation that we want to frame this discussion around with the word of God is found in 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter, verses 19 and 20. Very familiar passage of scripture that says, do you not know? Asking a question almost that your body, not your spirit, not your mind, your physical body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own. Hmm. Verse 20, for we were bought at a price or some translations say with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit which, of course, is God's. This is going to frame today's discussion around spiritually being motivated to address what we eat, how we eat, and ultimately, how does it potentially impact our health and well-being? I love you put the hmm there in the middle of that passage. (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) Because we need to heed what we're hearing from Scripture, don't we? Yes, sir. Not hearers only, but doers of the Word. All right. As you listen today, remember, no case is typical. You should not expect to experience these same results. And here is Percy McRae with our very special guest. Well, I'm excited as always. You know, I say that at every episode of interviews that I do, we have with us a returning guest and and one of our more popular uh, spokespersons on our behalf of Health, Hope, and Inspiration, uh, Carolyn Lammersfield, who is the Vice President of Integrative Services at Cancer Treatment Centers of America and also a licensed and registered nutritionist for over 20 years. Carolyn, welcome back to the show, my dear. Thank you for having me back, Reverend. As always, you know, we bring you on the show to kind of keep us honest around the conversation of nutrition and food, uh, dietary practices. And that's what we're going to do uh, with regard to this interview. We want to have a discussion uh, as we now have entered into uh, what I call the high holy season of eating and indulgence of food of Eating healthy during the holidays. That's going to be the discussion that we're going to have today. I'm interested in understanding and to hear from your perspective. Obviously, we talk about cancer and uh, health-related dynamics of cancer patients. But cancer patients, like everyone else, you know, they like to participate and socialize during the holiday season. And, of course, during the holiday season, one of the, you know, big standout social behaviors during the holidays is the consumption of lots of food. What say you, as we get enter into this, uh, you sent me an amazing statement that I want to quote and open the show with by saying, uh, on average, Americans gain one to two pounds during the holiday season, and those pounds tend to stay on and accumulate over the years. Uh, That's a quote. You sent me that statement. I thought it would be important to open and read that. Why is this important to the cancer conversation, and what does the clinical data specifically say about obesity and cancer? Yeah, sure. And and you you have that right. And this was actually confirmed uh, recently in the Journal of Obesity in 2017 with a review that the average weight gain during the holiday season between Thanksgiving and New Year's is one to two pounds. So that's an average. And the results from that review were plus or minus five pounds. So some some may be uh, maintaining, some may be gaining more. So thinking about what you're going to do during the holiday season, are you going to try and maintain your weight and avoid this weight gain. And we'll talk later about having a plan for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the concern is that the weight comes on, it accumulates over the years. So people don't lose that weight after the holiday season. 
and it accumulates over the years. And, and that seems to be a significant contributor to the weight gain we see in adult, adulthood and moving more individuals into that overweight or obese classification. So we know from the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey, some people may have heard it referred to as NHANES, okay. uh, that in, in 2011 to 2014, almost 70% of Americans um, over 20 were overweight or obese, and more than a third were in that obese classification. And again, I want to be clear, over almost 70% of Americans, Carolyn? Correct. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I mean, we've, we, yeah, we've heard the statistics two thirds, and unfortunately, it, it seems to be even higher than that. Okay. Um, and so the, you know, the main reason we're concerned when it comes to cancer is we know, according to all the observational studies out there from many leading cancer organizations, is having extra body fat is linked to, associated with, correlated with at least thirteen different cancers. Hmm. Um, Many of the common ones were, you know, we were concerned about, including endometrial, esophageal, stomach, a lot of the digestive tract, colorectal, postmenopausal, breast, ovarian, um, and we we don't know the exact cause cause of this or link, but it appears that obesity may increase the the risk of inflammation, which can cause DNA damage, you know, damage to the genetic material in our cells. It may increase the production of estrogen, higher levels of insulin, which may be related to the development of cancer or other hormones, which can affect cells and cell growth. So that's the that's the main reason. You know, we don't necessarily want to put a damper on the holidays, but th that's the main reason we're concerned with weight gain during the holidays and the fact that people don't seem to lose it and accumulates over the years, pushing you know potentially pushing more people into that overweight or obese category. Well, it, you know, that information is startling. It really is. But it, it's important for us to look at that and certainly understand that. And if I could backtrack just for a second, could you list, you know, two or three of the um, uh, the organizations that basically have uh, corroborated this information? Would that be the National Cancer Society? Just a couple of the biggies there that people can make reference and they may want to go look on their website to kind of look at some further information around this information, this data here. Sure. Yeah. As you said, I mean, you'll see it in the you know National Cancer Institute, NCI. Uh, you would see it if you go to the American Cancer Society website. The American Institute for Cancer Research is one uh, that puts out a report every 10 years looking at this. And certainly the, the big one in oncology, the ASCO, the American Society for Clinical Oncology, the big society of oncologists, uh, they've put out action statements in this area too, calling mm. on, you know, physicians and clinicians to address this uh, from an education, research, et cetera, standpoint. And, you know, I know that you're not going to say this, but I'm going to beat your drum a little bit. I know mm -hmm. that over the years you have made presentations uh, specifically to the last organization that you mentioned, ASCO, and, and some of the colleagues that you've worked with around nutrition and, and cancer-related dynamics. So again, these are all very credible uh, healthcare organizations that have printed data that individuals can go look up and research uh, that we're making reference to in terms of some of those numbers. Having said all of that, of course, this ties into the bigger conversation, as we've mentioned, of obesity. And I've never not had a conversation with you where whether that's when we have been on the road together at faith-based organizations or churches, when we were talking about nutrition and food, that you did not make the point about understanding the impact of obesity. 
Uh, but one of the statements that you've often associated with this conversation is understanding that obesity is a modifiable risk factor uh, for a number of cancers. Please explain what does it mean to be that this is a modifiable risk factor? What does that mean? Sure. And, and you know, I, I want to thank you, Reverend, for talking about this topic, because what I failed to mention, too, despite all this information being available on all these organizations, websites, or published materials, is we it's getting better, but we still know only... A, about half of individuals are aware of the connection between obesity and cancer. So we, the more we get the word out, the better. Right. So, so thank you for that. So with regards to modifiable risk factors, when we look at cancer risk factors, there are some that are not modifiable. We don't necessarily have control over them. We can't change them. Uh, for example, age, race, gender, genes. Mm -hmm. um, although we're learning, you know, things we do with lifestyle and environment can determine whether genes are turned on or off. So more, more to come in that area, hopefully in the future. Right. But modifiable risk factors are those that we actually have some control over, we can change. So for example, avoiding tobacco, being physically active, controlling our weight, trying to achieve and maintain a healthy bo body weight, eating a healthy diet, mm -hmm. avoiding or limiting alcohol, safe sun exposure, right. getting our screenings. So things that we at least have a little control over um, with regards to what we can and can't do to affect those risk factors. So when we make that statement and when we use that model, and I'm learning to add that more to my, um, my language when I talk about uh, certain things relative to cancer, as a modifiable risk factor, things that we basically can have some input to and toward that may be of value and benefit as we help with the cause of fighting back against cancer and its effects. Let's talk about that in the context of, again, during the holiday season, as you know, and I know uh, uh, our, our places of employment, our social clubs and groups, and certainly our churches, we have holiday parties. Uh, you know, we have celebrations at our church gatherings. What are some of the things that we should be mindful of when we are participating from a modifiable risk factor perspective uh, at one of our favorite holiday gatherings since we're talking about, you know, what can be done and eating healthy during the holiday season? There's a quote I like, and it's been attributed to a number of individuals. It's certainly not mine, but, you know, failing to plan is planning to fail. Sure. So you need to, you need to have a plan. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and, 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 you know, what is your goal going to be? It, it may not be to lose weight during the holiday season, but perhaps to maintain your weight and avoid weight gain. And so some of the, the things we recommend considering in a plan uh, would be don't skip meals, okay. trying to save calories for holiday events that... I that tends to set people up to eat more. And I know a lot of people use that as a strategy. So it's a really good point. Absolutely. Uh, you know, make sure you eat breakfast, try to eat fiber foods so that you're full when you go to events, you know, whole grains, fruits, vegetables, beans. Uh, the literature we have even outside of holidays, individuals that are able to lose weight and keep it off successfully. One of the main strategies that works for individuals is eating breakfast. So okay. that that's always in the the top list of successful strategies to help achieve and maintain healthy body weight. Got it. And then using the smallest plate you can find mm. to help with portion control. So mm. for example, using the appetizer plate for your entree versus <laughs> the big dinner plate. You know, you can only get so much on those little plates, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, that would kind of monitor and manage how much food you would intake. Okay. 
So that's one. This is one of my favorites. And, you know, bring a dish that you know is healthy mm. and fill your plate with that. Usually the host or, you know, your um, individuals at church may be happy to have the help of somebody bringing food and, you know, something healthy, okay. uh, additional healthy ideas. Okay. Um, and then one of the other things is socialize. You know, it, that doesn't add calories. Mm. Uh, walking around, standing, walking around burns more calories than sitting and eating. And, you know, we've all hopefully been told it's not polite to talk with our mouthful. So we may <laughs> eat less if we're, you know, catching up with individuals, asking them what their holiday plans are, uh, you know, find out something you don't know about some of your favorite people at these events. Okay. And then another one is to self-monitor. And this is another one like eating breakfast that's always one of the top strategies that helps people lose weight, keep it off, achieve and maintain healthy body weight. So whether that be weighing yourself mm. um, weekly during the holiday season to, to make sure you're not creeping up. Okay. You using all the apps we have available now on, on our phones, sure. you know, to, to help monitor intake activity, uh, help with stress management, which, which can complicate, health goals during the holidays. So, so self-monitoring is a big part, weighing, using apps to track input, output. Gotcha. So uh, a strategy, and I, I say this facetiously, that probably we should not deploy is telling people, uh, as we have two big plates, don't judge me while I'm eating, probably is not a good way to go about this, huh? <laughs> <laughs> It is a strategy. It just depends on what your goals are, right? <laughs> exactly. But, th you know, those are really some good things that I think people could certainly uh, bear in mind that would be helpful, certainly uh, during the holiday season, but even beyond that, as, as we try to kind of give people something to work with and think about uh, as we enter into that season and, and partake in our, our social gatherings. On that same point, Obviously, holidays mean socializing and fellowshipping around lots of food, and that's what we're talking about. How do we counterbalance the intake? Because one of the things that I've learned certainly from you, and, uh, you know, we've what had three, four, five different interviews with you on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. And for those who may be hearing uh, you for the first time, please feel free to go uh, to our website and archive any of all of the shows that we've done with Carolyn over the years. Such great information uh, to this community. Uh, is how do we counterbalance the intake of, of all of those delicious calories? What I've learned is whatever you're taking in, you also have to counterbalance that with somehow burning calories. So caloric intake and then burning calories. Uh, is it, you know, time now to talk about possible, you know, and I dare I say physical activity and its benefits at this point? Yes, I, I would agree. It is it is the other half of the equation, right? Or at least part of the equation of weight gain. So staying active helps burn calories. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's actually easier to eat extra calories than burn off, but, but we do still need to stay active to burn calories. Uh, it may also help with the stress of the holidays, okay. which fatigue, sleep, all of are important when it comes to avoiding weight gain. With regards to cancer, and, and it does relate to weight gain, but also independently being active about 150 minutes a week seems to reduce the risk of developing cancer. Okay. Um, so however you can get 150 minutes, it doesn't obviously have to be all at one time. Some people use the 30 minutes five days a week, but five or 10 minutes at a time so that it totals 150 minutes a week. Um, can help with weight, but also may 
help as a modifiable risk factor. And, you know, of course, when we start talking about physical activity, you know, depending on one's reference point, you know, people think about working out, exercise, gym, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Can there be any hindrances for some uh, not to stay active during the holiday season that you can think of? For, for where I live in the Chicago area and many others, the, the holiday season may be a time of bad weather, snow, cold, wind. And so people may not want to get outdoors and be active. Um, and then just scheduling. You know, we, we are scheduled so tight during the holidays that sometimes people may f- have a hard time finding time for activity. Mm-hmm. So weather and schedule, I think, are two barriers that we need to think about when we make a plan during the holiday season. And, and because of that, I'm assuming, you know, the, the correlation with particularly bad weather uh, and, and scheduling is that people then tend to hibernate. They stay indoors, so they may not want to try to go out and traverse the weather. But there may be some other things that they can do from an indoor activity perspective. Would you agree or would you make that recommendation? Oh, absolutely. One of the things we look at when it comes to eating and activity beha- behaviors is controlling your environment, right? So with bringing your own food, you're having some control of your environment. Right. Looking at indoor activities, you're controlling the fact that the weather might be bad, but I can still be active. Well, and again, in preparing for this conversation and again, and having some discussion with you, I thought it would probably be helpful uh, to maybe just pull up a list of things that possibly people could do indoors if the weather is bad, et cetera, all of the things that we just talked about that could be alternatives for indoor activities. And before I read this list off uh, to our audience, I thought it, it may be helpful for them to hear some things. I do want to say as a disclaimer that to remember to always consult with your treating physician uh, when engaging in any type of physical exercise. Is that correct, Carolyn? Is that a safe uh, disclaimer that we should put out there when we're recommending activity for people? Absolutely. You know, Carolyn, I pulled up some things off of the good old Internet, and uh, mm-hmm. I found something written by Casey Slide, I believe is her name, and it was posted in Health and Fitness. And for individuals that are listening to this, you can um, also find this information on uh, moneycrashers.com indoor at-home exercises without equipment, because that's kind of what we're talking about here. And they listed about 10 things here that people could do indoors if they don't want to go out, if their schedule doesn't permit, if the weather is bad, but still stay active. Uh, And the good old-fashioned jump rope was on top of the list, that people can jump rope while they're indoors at their home. Uh, They don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to have a lot of fancy equipment to jump rope. And again, I think a lot of people think about jumping rope as kind of an old-fashioned activity, but it's a good, you know, cardio exercise, huh? Absolutely. And then uh, on that list was stair stepping. So, again, with the stairs that you have in your home, again, you can just kind of create some sort of activity of walking up and down your stairs and creating an exercise that you can do, uh, you know, at your pace when you feel like it uh, on your own time frame. Number three is the plank. And I'm not sure what the plank is. I think that that's when you kind of prolong your body and you kind of prop yourself up, uh, but it says that, you know, you can do what is called a planking exercise. You want to speak to that in in any way, Carolyn? If you're familiar with push-ups, sort of when you're in the upward position of a Mm push-up, and and instead of going down and up, you just hold it there. Okay. You know, kind of contract your abdominal muscles, your core to give you some stability. Okay. And what I would add for the first three things you've mentioned, and maybe what you're going to mention after, 
a strategy that I've seen work for people is you do if you're if you're a TV watcher, you do these things when the commercials are on. Ah. If there's commercials, I know with <laughs> some of the things we have now, you can avoid. Yeah, streaming, you could avoid commercials, but um, maybe it's in between a new show starting you do some of these things okay that's a that is a great idea so in between breaks and uh in, uh with the commercials you could do some of these things okay and quickly number four dancing of course i think dancing has just become a resurgence in our culture in general for just fun and activity but how many people are thinking of dancing in conjunction with exercise or activity? So, again, dancing as a, an excellent way to burn calories and get your heart rate going. So and I know that there's a lot of apps and a lot of uh, games that you can do around uh, dancing. And so dancing is also something that we can do indoors and we can do with other people and be very fun at gatherings as well. Absolutely. Enlisted there also is lunges. Uh, believe it or not, on the list here, number six with this particular writing is cleaning. That uh, <laughs> Cleaning can be very physical, especially vacuuming and ma- uh, mopping. So, again, if you're not able to go out uh, and ride on your bike or go for a run, the suggestion here is clean your house instead. <laughs> so I thought that that was very, very interesting. But if you think about it from a exercise or activity perspective, it may become uh, less arduous of a chore when you think about it in those terms. <laughs> Absolutely. And you can see the results pretty quick from that one. <laughs> That's true. Then number seven is water bottle weights. I hadn't heard of this, that I guess you can fill up uh, items and objects and use them as weights that you can kind of use as resistance to do several things while you're at home, on your couch, uh, in between shows, so you can create your own weights. You don't have to go out and buy anything. So water bottle weights. And then number eight, high knees. High knees can really get your heart pumping, especially if you go double time. So uh, an exercise or an activity called high knees. And then jumping jacks. That's an old-fashioned uh, schoolyard kind of exercise, but again, still can be effective for a great cardio workout. And then listed number 10 on this is uh, YouTube workouts. That There are tons of workout routines that one can download or uh, stream off of YouTube that you can do right there at your house and in the privacy of your home and with your schedule in terms of indoor activities. And so uh, with that being said, we thought that it would make sense to offer uh, some alternatives for individuals who may not get out or can't get out or if the weather is bad and et cetera. Anything you want to add to any of that at all from a commentary perspective, Carolyn? I, I think it's wonderful suggestions. Does A lot of that you already have at home, so it doesn't cost you anything. There isn't cost associated with going to a gym or even getting out in the bad weather going to a gym. So complete, completely agree with smart TVs and streaming. You can pull up almost anything on demand yeah. to, to get up and move. Okay. Well, good. Well, with that, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll encourage people to get moving, even if they're living in areas of inclement weather where they can't get outdoors. Let's shift gears and let's talk about uh, the, the main dynamic here. There's going to be food. There's going to be lots of food during the holiday season, uh, holiday parties, social gatherings, church functions, etc. Let's offer our audience uh, something by way of possible holiday recipe ideas uh, and resources that people can consider in terms of food preparation that they will uh, create and bring. Do you have any recommendations around uh, some holiday recipes and some resources that we can provide to this audience? Sure. And I'll, I'll preface this by saying I many people listening are probably better cooks and bakers than me. So <laughs> I offer these uh, humbly. And- 
and uh, individuals may, may be able to improve on them as well. Okay. But, so some, some simple ideas would be to try healthier versions um, for half of the the fat, the oil, the butter in recipes. So mm-hmm. try unsweetened applesauce, uh, okay. pureed beans, pureed avocado, uh, yogurt, pumpkin, bananas. So, so you're using less fat, which are concentrated source of calories. And then you're also, by adding these things, you're adding fiber, vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals or plant chemicals that, mm. that are good for your cells. So you can feel good about eating some of those treats. And again, you may need to experiment. Some of these are, so you cut the oil butter in half, um, and some of them may be one-to-one substitutions like applesauce or pureed beans. Um, something like yogurt, you only need about a quarter of a cup Mm -hmm. for a cup of the fat. So, but again, individuals listening may be better at this than myself and intuitively know some of that. So you may want to experiment ahead of time before, if you're going to bring it somewhere, for example, um, and you may need to reduce the oven temperature about, by about 25 degrees okay. um, because th- things may dry out a little quicker or a little more at at higher temperatures when you're using these instead of oil, butter. Got it. And then adding whole grain flours in place of half of the white flour. So okay. again, you're adding some fiber and B vitamins um, to your cooking and baking dishes. Okay. And then resources. I Nowadays, it's nice. We can get recipes right at our fingertips with all our devices. Yes, so some, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> right? So some of my favorites are AICR.org. So that's the American Institute for Cancer Research. Their main mission is looking at the role of nutrition, physical activity, weight, for example, um, in cancer risk reduction, treatment, survivorship. And they have a whole holiday recipe section. Oh, great. So there's, yeah, all kinds of uh, good recipes on there. And that is I-A-I-C-R dot org. Dot org. Exactly. Okay. And they, they have a new American plate cookbook, which is, is also really good too. But again, the holiday section and the recipes right online are an easy way to get these suggestions at your fingertip. Uh, cancer.org. So that's the American Cancer Society. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, in there, there you can search recipes, uh, including holiday recipes. And they also have a healthy eating cookbook. Another newer one is uh, something called eat, eatlove.is. Huh, I've never heard and, of it. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's kind of a newer one to me too. Uh, but there, for a small subscription, you can get recipes, grocery lists, customized to your needs. Okay, um, all with a healthy slant. Uh, and of course, our our website, cancercenter.com, and enter recipes in the search bar. You can get recipes in little short videos, snippets that show you how to do some of this. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then uh, just a few other favorites, the American Dietetic Association, uh, Cooking Healthy Across America, uh, or Mm -hmm. eatright.org. Cooking Light, or the Complete Cooking Light Cookbook. Got it. You can get some of their recipes online as well. Uh, Live Strong um, has some good healthy holiday recipes. Okay. So that's where I would start. Well, that, I mean, that's and that's quite a bit because the point of the exercise for this particular show is we want to provide, of course, you know, we're health, hope and inspiration. And in that, we want to provide people with good information that they can uh, research out and they can look up for themselves that will inspire them. And around the subject of eating and all of the the related 
information that will help them to continue to do that and and be uh, empowered and strengthened along the way. Of course, we have a a downloadable resource as well for health, hope, and inspiration uh, around uh, healthy recipes and also uh, food-related resources that you actually helped us write. So, again, please make sure uh, those that are listening to go to Health, Hope, and Inspiration and and look for our downloadable resources around eating healthy, healthy recipes, and et cetera, all available to you. Well, Carolyn, you know, we every time we get together, our time just flies and goes by so quickly, and I can talk to you forever. Um, but we need to wrap up. And in doing that, uh, do you have any parting thoughts about being healthy and controlling your weight that you'd like to share with the audience before we sign off and uh, let you get back to your busy task and duties of the day? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, and and I want to say I realize this is easier said than done. Absolutely. Right? So, yes, yeah, so, so starting there, but recognizing that what we eat, activity, our weight is a modifiable risk factor uh, for cancer and other chronic diseases. So it's something we do have some control over. Yes. So making changes that can can help with that and having a plan for the holiday season. Okay. No matter what that plan is, but um, you know, it's it's being empowered uh, to take care of yourself the best way you can during the holiday season. Absolutely. And with that, a new segment and a new piece that I'm adding to the show is I want to end by asking you, Carolyn, what gives you hope? What gives you hope that you can share with the audience today? What makes you hopeful? I mean, certainly I'm, I'm a person of faith. So my faith gives me hope. Um, the, pe- the people I work with, uh, such as yourself, um, that are all committed to really helping people with cancer just how rapidly uh, science is moving, you know, in the area of precision medicine, cancer gives, gives me hope. Mm. Well, hopefully we can prevent people developing cancer, but that people will continue to be able to live, um, live better with cancer and into survivorship. This has been my friend, Carolyn Lammersfield, Vice President of Integrative Services at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, also licensed registered nutritionist for over 20 years today on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Thank you, my dear. I love you and I respect you so much. Be well and be blessed. Oh, thank you. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. You are listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration with hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa. Cancer Treatment Centers of America takes an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE, H-O-P-E. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, we were taking notes on that conversation with Carolyn Lammersfeld here today. What a what a terrific time. Well, any time that we speak with Carolyn, as we well know, Carolyn is personable and she's friendly, but she is thorough from a clinical perspective around the subject of food, nutrition, 
and cancer care relationship to those subjects. And what a timely conversation, because once again, here we are at holiday time, all the parties and church gatherings and family meals, it really can uh, pack the pounds on if we're not careful. Well, we know this time of year is a socializing uh, experience, and depending on who you are, what your cultural orientation is, and what social groups you belong to, there's much that is being done around food and its celebration and enjoying oneself, preparing food serving food, and consuming food. Yeah. Well, after talking to Carolyn, do you have some additional thoughts uh, from that conversation? Well, there was there was several things that stood out in my mind, Wayne. Number one, I, I thought uh, one of the amazing statistics, and she gave us a lot of clinical data with reference resources, and I encourage everyone to go back and listen to the interview and take good notes and, and follow up on that. But one of the standout statistics that she gave was that 70% of Americans are overweight. Mm-hmm. And when we look at that and we discuss that and process that, it really helps us to really we we have to take a good look in the mirror and say, do we want to own this discussion because of the correlation specifically with the potentiality of cancer? Right. I would say I've been there doing that. And and, and let me say as a disclaimer on a personal level, you know, we, we get we we are now getting a lot of feedback from our listeners and they love the fact that we're very honest and personable on the show. Uh, I, too, have been on my own journey, you know, over the last year and a half of taking stock of, you know, am I doing all of the things that I should and need to do with regard uh, to monitoring and managing my diet and being conscious of uh, the correlation of possible healthcare-related issues. And the point that I simply want to make, that's not a simple, easy journey to take. No, it's not. And so we want to encourage those who are listening today. We're not judging anyone <laughs> no. in any way, but we do want to make sure that we put this conversation on the table to inspire you to think about and begin to own what you do with your dietary practices. Well, I'll tell you, just listening to Carolyn gives you hope. You it know, does. If there's a plan, and if you think about it, you can do this. Absolutely. It's just processing and, and owning, and that's what our, our spiritual nugget really inspires us to think about, that from a spiritual perspective, God is going to ask us to be account- and is asking us to be accountable with the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is our physical body. So, again, it, that one uh, statistic uh, stood out uh, among many that she stated. But the other thing, and it ties into the point that we've just made, is that we—, we we articulated a comment or statement called understanding what a modifiable risk factor is. And it sounds pretty technical and clinical. And uh, I threw that out in the conversation. She came back and addressed it. But a modifiable risk factor, which according to this nutritionist, this licensed and registered nutritionist who has been working with the oncology community for well over 20 years, uh, basically frames the fact, along with all of the clinical research, that nutrition and dietary practices is a modifiable risk factor. In other words, that there is something potentially we can do to empower ourselves in the midst of the process of being healthy and taking ownership of that process. And in doing so, again, that puts the onus back upon us to get good, solid information. We want to be clear. Please speak to your treating physician about anything that Mm -hmm. you do relative to your treatment and care uh, of any kind. But there are some things that potentially we can own and take ownership of. And so uh, nutrition and dietary practices is a modifiable risk factor that many 
many of the uh, healthcare organizations say potentially can have something to do with the possibility of cancer and its proliferation in our lives. You both had some great ideas about exercise as well, especially for those of us who live in the northern climes. You know, um, well, you don't. I do. <laughs> and, <laughs> so. and, I, and, and, you know, I was thinking about this as we were having this conversation, Wayne, because I've seen all of your your photos on your, your snowmobile and, you know, you're out in the woods. I like the snow, but you like the sand and right. the sun. And the point that to be made is everybody doesn't like to get out in, in inclement weather and everybody doesn't view bad weather as a time of activity and, and, and sports. A lot of people hibernate and stay indoors. And one of the things that Carolyn made the point of during the holidays season. Of course, for many people, the holiday season falls during the time of year where the weather is inclement. Mm-hmm. And so people tend to just kind of yeah. burrow it's in. It's a and, double whammy, isn't that's it? Exactly. We overeat and we don't exercise. <laughs> so, And then we don't, we don't really go outside unless we have to. So there are some things potentially one can do indoors as an activity perspective that doesn't cost you anything. It allows you to manage your schedule and it allows you to do that uh, to your, uh, you know, your sensibilities. She made reference to doing some things during commercial breaks while we're watching TV programs. So a lot of very good suggestions of things that can be done inexpensively at home inside of your your residence. By the way, the resources that both you and Carolyn mentioned in the program here today, can we put those in the show notes? Absolutely. The important information from each of our shows is always posted in our show notes at healthhopeandinspiration.com. We want people to have access to the things we discuss, so we'll make sure that that's available. It's in the show notes. Yes, sir. And let me take this opportunity also to mention when you go online, make sure that you have subscribed to this program, this podcast, yes. so that you get it automatically. Yes. You don't have to worry about, did I did I retrieve right. uh, this week's show or not? Right. It'll come to your computer automatically. You can subscribe right at our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, or you can subscribe on iTunes, of course, or any podcast app where you'll find us, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Now, this resource that we're specifically mentioning as a part of our podcast today is Cancer Fighting Recipes. Uh, You put this together with Carolyn's help, right? Right. It's a compilation of recipes uh, that were uh, created that then we pulled together, we researched, we made sure that in terms of all of the uncommon uh, standards that uh, that they would be good recommendations and pulled all of that information together. It's available. It's online, and it is it's it's, it's not an exhaustive list, but it is a large list of recommendations of things that that you can use. Now, I also want to say as a disclaimer uh, to that uh, that and and Carolyn made reference to this when she talked about a few suggested type of recipes and ingredients that one can use, that that is a roadmap. It's a guide. But some of those recipes you can modify. Mm -hmm. You can add some things to. You can take away some things from. So it's not... The, the cancer recipe right. Bible. So again, yeah. be you, creative. That's, that's exactly <laughs> correct. And I say that only because I've had some ancillary conversation with individuals who have asked, well, can we do some other things with us? <laughs> Absolutely. It's your resource and you can use it and modify it to your uh, liking and to your taste sensibilities as well. Go to your computer and download Cancer Fighting Recipes at healthhopeandinspiration.com. I'm going to come back to that scripture passage in just a moment, uh, Percy, but there's one other thing I want to mention that really doesn't relate, and yet it does to what we're talking about here today, and that is that we have developed our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network, Mm -hmm. and this is part of our overall strategy to help those who are helping others with cancer care. It's meant to help equip and empower every church in the country to 
better meet this great need. So if you are a pastor or a leader in your church or congregation, we want to invite you to join a growing family of informed ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. When you sign up, you'll receive access to exclusive online leaders resources. There's information about ministry training opportunities and our monthly informative email newsletter. So another reason to visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page and sign up for the Ministry Leaders Network, the Ministry Leaders Network at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, let's go back to that scripture. That was very powerful. Well, we close as we opened with 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter, verses 19 through 20. Now this scripture hopefully will come alive in our spirit in the context of today's conversation. It says, do you not know, I love how this scripture starts, that your body, your body, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. In other words, we can't just do whatever we want to do with our body. It doesn't belong to us. It belongs to God. Verse 20, for we or you and I were bought at a price or with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which, oh, by the way, belongs to God. Right. And so as we end with that school of thought, we want to challenge but encourage and not judge all of us to think about what we are doing with our physical bodies in terms of eating practices, dietary, nutritional dynamics that ultimately will aid and help with potentially being healthy and well so that we can continue to serve God. That's Pastor P. Percy McRae here, our host for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. And thanks to Carolyn Lammersfeld. Absolutely. For a terrific interview here today. That's it. Our time is gone. It's gone. Listen, love you. Happy holidays, big guy. All right. Happy holidays to you. And we'll see you next time for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.